Wasn't that adorable? <laughs> I love finding something new each year. I thought they did this amazing job with the vocals, right? The puppeteering could have been a little better. <laughs> a little better. But uh, the, the cheese factor just kind of added to the adorableness, I thought. Oh, I'm glad you guys could be with us for Christmas Eve. I promise to be brief tonight. Um, as we were setting up uh, uh, this evening, um, I really sensed the Holy Spirit said to me that for those of you who came here tonight, that what I'm about to offer you is a prophetic message for you. That I really, from my heart, not just, oh, Tom's prepared a sermon for Christmas and hoping it will speak to you. I really felt like there was a, a personal prophetic significance for those of you who, who came here tonight. And, and I think that this is God's word uh, for you. I hope you're blessed by it. If you have a Bible, you can open up to Luke chapter 1. Um, I want to look at Christmas from Mary and Joseph's perspective. We'll look at Mary's perspective, Joseph's perspective, and then both of their perspective. And I do promise to be brief. And I'll close with some personal application. So I'm going to read Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 38 for you. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled by his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. And you shall, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne after his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and you will... And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One will be born, uh, will be called the Son of God. Even, even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who has said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your words be to me fulfilled. Then the angel left her. So from Mary's perspective, church history tells us that Mary was probably about 15 years old when she was betrothed to Joseph. Mary's life had an expected order to it. There was absolutely a path, a roadway that she was supposed to be on and was supposed to follow. The purpose for a young Hebrew girl was simply this. Her dad would find her a husband. She would become betrothed, she would marry him, give him many children, and manage his household well. Mary's betrothal to Joseph set her life on a very planned and an extremely expected pace. Then God moved. (laughs) Then God showed up, messed up all of Mary's plans. The archangel sent by God, Gabriel, shows up, speaks to Mary. And as often is the case, when angels show up, Mary was afraid. The angelic visitation frightened her. It said in verses 29 and 30, Mary was greatly troubled at his words. 
I think when they interpret greatly troubled, I think they kind of sanitize it a little bit. She's probably freaking out. She's probably terrified. How would you feel if an angel showed up and appeared and started speaking to you? Right? It might disturb your day. And wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Why would he say, do not be afraid? <laughs> she was afraid. You have found favor with God. Isn't it interesting that the favor of God gets introduced into her life and the expression is, it's unexpected and it's initially terrifying. The root word here for greatly troubled means to strike one's spirit with fear and dread. So again, I think the translators clean this up a little bit. It means to, anxious, it means to render anxious and distressed. So much so that Gabriel, the angel Gabriel, the messenger of God, had to repeat himself in verses 28 and 30. In 28 he said, Greetings to you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And again in verse 30, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. Visitation, this visitation from God messed up her world. It messed her up emotionally. She was afraid. And as we will know, it messed up her plans. Gabriel announces that Mary will bear not just a son, but the Messiah. Mary asks, how will this be? And Gabriel explains to her. He says, how will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so that the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And then goes on to explain about Elizabeth. Notice that Mary didn't ask for this. It was a part of her prayer. No one lays, laid hands on her. No one came and prophesied to her ahead of time, hey, you're going to have an angelic visitation. Something really awesome is going to happen. You're going to have an experience with the Spirit of God. She didn't ask for this. She's living her life. She's doing the things that are expected of a 15-year-old Hebrew girl. And then God shows up. Mary's response reveals why she's chosen by God. She's both humble and she's willing. Even though, even though this announcement would cost her greatly, it would cost her her reputation, and it would cost her socially. This, was, this is going to be a very socially unacceptable thing for a 15-year-old Hebrew girl to go through. Mary chose the anointing of God over respectability. And I think for many of us who want to live a spirit-filled life, somewhere on our journey, we're going to be faced with a similar choice. Will I choose God and what he's doing in me, or will I prefer to look good to my neighbors, to the people who go to church with me, to my family members and my friends? At some point, we have to make that choice. Mary made her choice right then. She was going to choose God. She chose the anointing over respectability. That's Mary's perspective. How about Joseph? Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 25, tells us Joseph's story. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Now that would have been an interesting conversation, wouldn't it? Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her privately. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because she is conceived in her. What is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, 
And you ought to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. So historically, we don't know Joseph's age. Customarily, he's older than Mary. We know he was a carpenter and that they were engaged, or they were betrothed to each other. We know that Joseph was a righteous man. He's a compassionate man who loves Mary very much. As we read in verse 19, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the Lord, yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. This is a humiliating situation for Joseph. And Joseph legally could have had Mary stoned to death when he found out that though they'd never had relations, that she's now pregnant. You can read about that in Deuteronomy chapter 22. And then what happens? God shows up again. This time for Joseph, he shows up in a dream. And I give Joseph a lot of credit. How many times have you had dreams that you just blew off? This must have been one of those really significant dreams that when you wake up, it just stays with you. In his dream, he gets visited by an angel just like Mary did. And the angel speaks to him and tells him, hey, this is God. This is a God thing. The Lord's in this. You don't have to be afraid to take Mary. And so this dream, it's not parabolic. It's not metaphoric. It's a literal, specific, directive message from God in this dream. And it confirms that the conception is divine. It backs up Mary's story. And it confirms that the, need, that the, the child's name is to be Jesus. And I love Joseph's response. It reveals his character. Again, God didn't ask Joseph and Joseph didn't ask for this. God told him. And like Mary, Joseph obeyed. Joseph also chose the anointing over respectability. Now let's look at it from both of their perspective. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 7. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Galilee, from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem to the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register Mary, with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. So God's plan for Mary and Joseph was not an easy one. I've taught in classes about prophetic stuff. The greater the clarity of revelation, the greater the cost. They've had a lot of clarity of revelation. An angel shows up and gives you a message from God. That's a great deal of clarity. Right? Joseph gets a confirming visit in a dream from an angel. Tells the same message, a lot of clarity. Where there's great, the greater the clarity, the greater the cost. There's great clarity here for Mary and Joseph, and it's very costly for them. God chose the time 
of Mary's conception and of the delivery. Why didn't God work it out so that the tax was collected before Joseph and Mary were married or after the baby was born? Travel for a woman who's pregnant is difficult to begin with. In the final month of pregnancy, all the more difficult, let alone by foot or on a camel or a donkey. This is not easy for her. Mary gives birth in a manger because there's no room for them. This is not Mary's plan for the birth of her firstborn son. And Joseph's a carpenter. He's probably a man of some means. And the fact that they were patrolled means that he went and prepared a place for her. He's got a house waiting. He probably has an actual bed, not only for his wife, but for his newborn son. Putting his, his newborn son... In a manger, this isn't Joseph's plan. This isn't what, what, what he would want. Yet this was the plan of God. This was God's plan. He chose the time. He chose the hour. So what's my application for you this Christmas Eve? My friends, listen to me. We have a way that seems right to us. We have plans and we have a path that we expect to be on and we think is going to take us to a certain destination and then something happens sometimes it's what other people do sometimes we live sometimes we live with the consequences of our own choices sometimes we live with the consequences of other people's choices sometimes it's actually God God actually shows up and he alters the course of our life God's ways are not our ways Isaiah the prophet promises us that his ways are higher than our ways, his ways are better than our ways. Whether we think they are or not, we, we may not agree with that. We may look at the circumstances of our life and say, hey, you told me this was your kid and i got to put him in a manger tonight. It stinks in here. This wasn't part of my plan. It was part of God's plan. The divine purposes... <laughs> of Almighty God are often birthed amid the ruins of our man-made plans. We think we got it all figured out. We want to do it A, B, and C. And God's saying it's going to be Q, Z, and X. I told you that I felt like tonight was a prophetic message for you guys. For those of you who are here, I think this is God's word for you personally, that you are pregnant with the purposes of God. That the Spirit of God lives within you. And God has more planned for you than you realized. That Mary carried Emmanuel, God with us. The Word made flesh, dwelling among us, as it says in John's Gospel. Mary carried Jesus in her womb. But you know what? The second member of the Trinity was in Mary's womb. The third person of the Trinity lives and reigns inside you. He makes his home within you. God is in you just as much as God was in Mary this faithful night. You are pregnant with the purposes of God. So be encouraged tonight. Maybe you sit here and your plans are in ruins. Maybe you sit here and like Mary and Joseph, your reputation is shot. Maybe you sit here and just like there was no room for them, maybe... In, in your sphere, maybe there's no room for you. Maybe, maybe everything around you is a mess, and it just looks like a pigsty. 
Be encouraged this Christmas. Be encouraged by Christmas. These are exactly the surroundings that God uses to birth his divine purposes. I love you guys. I love you dearly. I hope you're encouraged this Christmas. His ways are not our ways. And they may look really messy in the process, but in the end, man, it's amazing what he does. It's priceless, and it's amazing what he does. So we're going to end with Silent Night, but let me say uh, from my family, from Nadine and I, to your family, and on behalf of the Charlottetown Vineyard, we wish you a very Merry Christmas and that you bring in the new year with joy and delight that you may see the very purposes of God fulfilled in your life. Amen?